Lord, call on his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him, sing praises to him. Tell of his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Lord, we exalt you. We as a people here want to lift your name up on high. We thank you that you have come to us. We thank you for your presence among us. We pray this morning that streams of living water would spring up in our lives and and in our church. We thank you for this gift of living water, your presence manifest with us, with your people. Thank you for the life and the renewal that comes through that. Open up our hearts and our minds to be able to see you clearly and in a renewed way, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Thank you, team. Um, As you might have guessed this morning, uh, we're continuing on this series looking at some of the names of Jesus. And last week, we looked at the uh, Jesus being the bread of life. Uh, This week, we're looking at Jesus as being the source of living water or living water itself. And uh, many of our songs kind of had some of that um, theme as well, this, this uh, life-empowering presence of our God. And this morning, Tanya had a, a little video um, for, the, for the kids, but uh, often it turns out it's, it's for us as well. And we're going to miss them once the kids go back out uh, in, in the coming weeks, but it's, um, it's been good in the, in the meantime. That is, uh, when we think of the woman at the well and we think of this concept of Jesus speaking about being living water, about uh, being the source of living water, it's the first passage that really comes to our mind is the story of this woman at the well that Jesus uh, comes to. Tenya talked, uh, read this passage. Now, not verse 4, it's verse 10. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. This idea of living water, it, it, um, it's, it's not just found in, this isn't, this isn't new for her, uh, this isn't new for, for Jesus. This is found right throughout the Scriptures. I think um, Tanya spoke about how many times that's found in the Scriptures. Right from the beginning to the end is this metaphor of living water. And there's, there's a reason why there's this, um, why this metaphor of, of water is used, because water is just, it's so critical to life. That was uh, amazing. 65% of our kids is made up of, of water. Uh, we, we kind of lose a little bit of just the importance of uh, water to life. I was just out the back before and we've got a little uh, water, not fountain, uh, water dispenser thing and it filters the water and makes it cold. I was just thinking about that, how, how privileged we are. Uh, we're, we're unlike any generation um, that, that has really ever, ever uh, walked this earth to be able to go to a water dispenser and press it and have fresh, odourless um, 
beautiful water that's cold come out is, is quite extraordinary. To, to not only to be able to put that into a cup that had been washed with hot water, that just kind of comes out of the tap. Um, that, that's pretty unheard of, and we, we shower in it, we, um, we water our, our gardens. Uh, water is abundant in our, life's, in our life, and we can pretty much go anywhere, and we can make that water come to us. But in uh, most times throughout history, people have had to go to where water is. Uh, civilizations have been beside creeks or rivers or wells, uh, as we see in that well of Jacob there. And there was this deep sense that unless I find the presence of water in a location, um, we're dead, because water brings life. So, so the Scriptures bring this idea of, of living water, and, and it brings it to give this metaphor of what the presence of God does for, for humanity and for creation. Um, the presence of God is life-giving. We look at life, um, uh, living water, I, I think a, a definition we could use there is this is the, this is the life-giving, it's the renewing, um, dynamic, manifest presence of God. There's a lot of words there. Um, but this is, this is the presence of God that gives life and renews and, uh, and it's, it's, it's dynamic in the way that it, it uh, moves and fluxes and, and, uh, and works in different situations. So Jesus is, is talking to this lady at the well and he's picking up this concept that has been well known throughout the Old Testament scriptures. Uh, Tanya quoted something from Isaiah and I'm going to go to another scripture that talks about this living water. Uh, so if you've got your Bibles there, would you open up, we're opening up into the Old Testament and uh, either in your, on your phone or um, in physical copy, it's Ezekiel, and we're going to be looking at verse 40, uh, chapter 47. So if you've got that there, Ezekiel chapter 47. Now, Ezekiel, he was a, a prophet, and uh, he was, was a prophet at a time, an extremely difficult time uh, for the people of God at this time. They were in exile, the temple... Uh, where they would, would worship and where God's presence was manifest had been destroyed, so had their city of Jerusalem and they were in a foreign land with uh, very little hope. It seemed like uh, the, the question was being asked, where is God? And uh, God is speaking hope through these visions and through these um, prophecies that He's speaking through Ezekiel. Hope in the midst of hopelessness. It says this, so this is a vision, uh, he sees a temple, now this isn't the, the real temple uh, at the time because it had been destroyed, um, so this is a vision and an angel is, is revealing to him these different things. The man or an angel brought, him, um, brought me back to the entrance of the temple and I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple towards the east. The water was coming down from under the side of the temple, south of the altar, he then brought me out through the north gate and led me around to the outside of the outer gate facing east, and the water was flowing from the south side. As the man went eastwards with a measuring line in his hand, he measured out a thousand cubits. So a cubit is 
pretty much from your elbow here to the tip of your finger. Um, so it varies depending on how um, big or small you are. Um, and then he led me through water that was ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. He measured off another thousand and led me through water that was up to his waist. So we're picturing this, okay? Um, we've got a little bit of water that's trickling out through the gate, uh, just, a, just a little bit. Do you know when you kind of leave, leave the hose on? And uh, imagine that. Then he takes him down another thousand cubits, thousand arm lengths, and it's, it's increasing to ankle length and now knee length. So we're, we're thinking about this in our mind. He measured off another thousand, but now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in, a river that no one could cross. He asked me, son of man, do you see this? Then he led me back to the bank of the river. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. He said to me, this water flows towards the, east, um, the eastern region and goes down uh, into the Arabia, where it enters the sea. When it empties into the sea, the water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because the water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Fishermen will stand along the shores. There will be places for spreading nets. The fish will be of many kinds, like the fish of the great sea. But the swamps and the marshes they, uh, will not become fresh. They will be left for salt. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow, both on the banks of the river. The leaves will not wither, nor will the fruit fail. Every month they will bear, they will, um, they will bear because the water from the century flows to them. The fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. So we've got this, this picture of this water coming out of the temple. The, the temple represents the, uh, the manifest presence of God and uh, it's, it's coming out uh, through the land and it's getting, getting bigger and bigger and going down towards um, this, this, um, this salt water body or the, or the Dead Sea. So we're going to look at um, three things that I want to pull out of this passage. Uh, first of all is looking at its source, where the, where the water's coming from, and then uh, how it's flowing, and then it's, its destination, where, where it's going. So we might start, first of all, with the, the destination. Um, so it's, it's likely that what's being spoken about here is the, uh, the, the, the Dead Sea. Um, it is a, it's an extremely salty sea, one of the lowest places on earth, and all of the rivers, they kind of run in there, but the, the fresh water that runs in there can't go anywhere, it can't get out. So over, over many, many years, what happens is as evaporation happens and the little bits of salt that comes in every time gets more and more concentrated. And... Now it's, it's said that there's about 35%, I think it is, of salt there. It means that uh, you, you pretty much float, you, you can't drown there as such, and, and it is just, it's, it's actually like a, it's a wet desert um, in the sense that nothing lives there. It's, it kind of represents death in a way. 
Uh, it is so salty and that it, it, it represents death. And, and here this passage is talking about this fresh water that flows into this salty, dead reservoir. Now, if we think about how chemistry works and how um, life works, so if, if I have a salty glass of water and I get a fresh glass of water and I put this fresh glass of water into the salty glass of water, what do I have? A salty glass of water. Okay, that's, that's the way it works. Uh, it may be a little bit diluted, but what this is talking about, this is talking about a, a type of presence, a type of water, a type of life that just doesn't dilute what is dead, it transforms what is dead into something that is living. It, it, is, it is water, it's a presence that is, it doesn't just add, it actually transforms. And that's the, um, that's the picture that is, is coming through the, um, this, this vision that Ezekiel is having. The life, the living water that Jesus brings is a water, it's, it's, a, it's a presence of God that doesn't just change, it transforms, it brings life. We sang a song just recently um, in, that, in that set. It was from Ezekiel 37. And this is a, another dream that uh, Ezekiel has. He's looking out and there's dry bones everywhere. And it, Ezekiel says, he asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones, I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover your skin. I'll put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Where the presence of God goes, that, that idea of the, the breath of the Lord has the idea of the presence, the life um, endowing presence of the Lord again. Wherever the presence of the Lord goes, life comes. This has been, um, this, this, is, this is transforming for life, for lives. We, we see this as, as the presence of the Lord uh, comes and, and indwells us, as, as God pursues us and then we give our life to Him and, and the Holy Spirit comes to take a, a dwelling in us and to walk with us and to be with us. There is, there is life that starts happening in us. We're not, we're not just being diluted, we're being transformed. We're being, we're being changed into new creations. New, new, death is being replaced with life. A heart of stone becomes a heart of flesh. It's not, it's not just water around a stone. It's, 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 it's this living presence of God that comes in and changes us and completely makes us new and alive. This presence, uh, it, it comes and it changes societies as well. Just been reading recently about just the, the Roman society into which Jesus stepped and, and the depravity and the, the evil, I guess, was just, it, it was extraordinary. Um, the, 
the way uh, life was was sacrificed to gods and the uh, the value of life of um, of women and children and uh, just all the different depravity in that society and the transformation that Christianity made uh, over just a few years. At first, being this little seed that started to um, started to grow and it, it started to crack the foundations of this of this evil culture and started to transform um, transform completely society. When that living water comes, it changes uh, death into life. Look at flow there. That's destination. Flow. Uh, This is an an interesting flow, this one. He he looks at the the door of the temple and there's like this this little trickle of water, a a little bit of... um, It actually talks about spurting up from the... um, from, from the doorway there under, underneath. And it gets, it gets bigger and bigger. Now, now, that doesn't normally happen, does it? Uh, in, in normal life, in normal society, that, that type of thing doesn't normally happen. I, when you leave your tap on, uh, normally it goes into the, just kind of goes into the ground. And you don't find a, a river uh, down the end of, of that um, flowing water. I have left my tap on a few times uh, into our pool. And uh, I'm, I'm very glad that it doesn't create a, a, a river because I uh, have, on a couple of times, had my neighbours come around and uh, have to tell me that I've flooded their yard. Uh, but I, I'm glad it's, uh, it's only that and it keeps soaking in. But here what we have is this little trickle of water that keeps growing into to your ankle, and then to your knee, and then to your waist, and then this raging river. And a couple of things here, that seems to be the way that God often works. God is always working. He is is always present. And and sometimes that manifest presence can can be seen, uh, and and, uh, undeniably we can see that He's working, and sometimes... There's this working going on behind the scenes. Often we, we see that in our own lives. And this is one of the aspects of maturing as a Christian. Is we, we can't... Sometimes it's hard to see, God, God are you even there? Are, are you even working? Um, but as we, as we start to live with God, walking with Him, we get to these stages where we can look back... And, and see this coming together of this small stream of God working in our lives, and we, we look at this masterful way that He's, he's working and moving. And then there's other times which, um, which I love, and it's those times where it's deeper, where you can really sense it. And uh, there's times when it's just like a raging river, and, and this happens through societies and whole cultures as revival breaks out, and and it's just like this sweeping life that comes through a culture. And we haven't had that in our country um, for, for a long time. And uh, wouldn't it be wonderful to have the sweeping river of life move through this country? That it's just this, it's this amazing um, 
when you, when you read about God's revival work, uh, people just sit in awe. Like, I, I had no idea that this could happen. And, and often it starts in, um, <clears throat> in the most unusual ways, in the most unlikely places. But I was really privileged to see the way this happens um, in Togo at times. As, as one person receives Christ and then another person receives Christ, and then they start praying for their, for, for their, for their village, and, and something starts to break, and, and this life that's in a few people starts to spread, and it, it affects the whole community, such that, that other people will look in and say, something is different there. A, um, nations that have said, God, we, we want to do things your way, something's Something is different with them. And uh, unfortunately, we know that uh, much of our culture now is saying, uh, God, we actually don't want your presence. We actually don't want your, your river to be flowing through our nation. Um, but we've got to pray that God would have mercy and that he would, um, as he does, that he would send his presence and his life-giving water through this nation. God is always at work. He promises to never leave us or forsake us. You might be in a bit of a Ezekiel time at the moment. You look around and it's just things are hopeless and things are difficult. And <clears throat> this is a little reminder, a gift of God to Ezekiel that, Ezekiel, I am working and I'm going to work. And this wasn't actualized for him. He didn't, he didn't see this at this time, but, but he saw the promises. And I can imagine the hope that it would have given him. I, uh, I pray that you'll have hope as well, that although you may see only the little trickle at the moment coming out of the door, that God is um, at work in, in your life and that he's present and he has promised not to leave you or forsake you. The other thing I think this uh, talks about in the kingdom is that little things have a, can have a massive impact. Uh, in the hands of God, little, little steps of obedience can, can have an enormous impact in life. I uh, just think of all the people that have come up to me and, and it's just amazed me and they've said, thank you, Andrew, for this little word that you said to me in Sunday school class. Or... Thank you, Andrew, for stopping and asking me if I was okay. Sometimes these little things that we respond in obedience to God can change the trajectory of, um, of people's lives. And God takes little steps of obedience and he breathes into that and can change trajectory forever. A little bit of water flowing out that becomes a river. I want to look at that source where that river is coming from. It's uh, coming from the temple. Now, when we, when we hear temple, we're, we're thinking the manifest presence of God. This is where, this is where God's presence is dwelling. Uh, this, was, this was so important for, the, for God's people at this time, that, that God's, God's presence is among us. Uh, we, we see this theme running right throughout Scripture from the very beginning, from the first book in Genesis right through to Revelations. 
In Genesis, we have the garden in the midst of the, of the earth, and uh, that was where God's manifest presence uh, was. That's God, it talks about God walking with them in the cool of, um, of, the, of the afternoon. This is a, an, the idea that God is present and God is walking there. It's always been God's plan to be, to be present with His people. As we know, uh, basically, humanity said, we, we'll do it our way. And God knows that for our good, uh, our wisdom and our ways, there's, there is pain and suffering in that. And, and, and God's going, for, for you to thrive, we can't mix your ways and my presence. Uh, so so we, we, we get moved out of his presence, but, but not without the hope for restoration, not without the hope for something even better. And we see this play out right throughout the Scriptures. We go to the next step where God calls a people through Abraham and then we have Moses and uh, God is with his people and they, they build a, a tabernacle like a tent where God's presence would manifest and a pillar of fire and... Um, and, uh, and, and God is there with His people, and that becomes core to the identity of the people of God, that God is present with them. Then it moves through to the temple, and God is present there, and, but still we've got this idea that there's, um, that there's o- obedience and doing things God way, God's way is so important for the presence of God and to, to have life. Then it moves through and Jesus comes as God in flesh. He's, a, he's another temple in a sense, the manifest presence of God. And then Jesus returns and he sends his Holy Spirit and the church, the people of God, become the temple of God. Then we think of the, the story of Ezekiel and this, this river running out from the temple. We, we are that temple we are that, that, the, the life, and, and that life is to flow out of us into uh, the, the world around us and to bring life and not just to transform, not just to dilute, not just to dilute what's around us, but to, to transform with life what's around us. Then we go right down to Revelations and we see this this river is flowing right through, um, right through the city, right through the new creation. I want to read that to you to finish. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling place of God is with man, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Down to verse 7. He who overcomes will inherit all of this. It's talking about us. And I will be his God and he will be my child. What we have here is uh, God's ultimate plan and that his presence, His living water, His, his living presence will be uh, right over the earth. We are a people that live in the presence of our God because He lives within us. And He doesn't just dilute 
death, he overcomes death, completely transforming and giving life. I'm going to sing a song now, and it's uh, called, O Come to the Altar. And I, I love this song because uh, one of the aspects of it, at the beginning, it's, it's talking about our, our great need for God, and then it moves towards this, um, this expression of the, of the deeply satisfying and the sufficient nature of who our God is. And it's, it's, in, it's in looking in His face and, and fearing the Lord and the joy of the Lord that our circumstances and the way that we see life starts to be transformed. I think of this verse in Hebrews. It's one of my very favourite verses and I want us to think about this. I'm just going to ask Josh, Josh, could you just um, play for a little bit just um, before Tanya comes in and we stand together? But just to, just to take a bit of time at the beginning of this year again to come and, and ask for a fresh realisation of God's presence, that he is, he is always working and that He is always with us. And um, maybe even to ask, God, would you take me into some of those deeper waters? I feel like I can only see the, the trickle kind of coming out of your temple at the moment, but Lord, I, I, I long for the, for the deeper experience of your presence in my life. This is a very special passage. It says, let us approach the throne of grace with confidence. God's throne has the idea of his manifest presence. That, that is where God sits and he, and he invites us to come with confidence because of what Jesus has done for us before his presence. So that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. I ask you to bring your needs before him. And if you don't have any needs, we have a need for more of His presence at work in our lives. Our world needs that. We're just going to pray, play through, um, just spend a bit of time just coming before your Lord, before His throne, and then we're going to join in on this song together.